and welcome to day th- uh, three. Three. Technically, it's day two. I'm recording this on the same day as the last podcast. And I listened to a little bit of it. We're not going to do Spotify songs again. I'm sorry, Spotify. But they didn't let me pick a specific part of the song. That was an issue. They didn't let me fade in or out of the song. It was very abrupt. It wasn't welcomed. So I'm ditching songs for Spotify. I'm sorry. But I am messing with GarageBand, and I kind of like this setting right here. It feels a lot more studio-esque. The only problem is I have to put my mouth very close to the microphone, and I'm hunched over like Mr. Hunchback. And you can hear my nostrils and my breathing and my lip smacking. It's it's wonderful. Man, I could do ASMR like this. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Settle for More podcast. And today we are going to talk about anything and everything. Do people listen to ASMR? Yes, they do. It is a very popular community. Honestly, I don't want to sound like a hipster, but I was into ASMR before there was before it was a thing. I remember being I remember being about 12 or 13 and I realized very quickly that I enjoyed certain sounds. They gave me tingles. In my skin. Um, <clears throat> I'm sorry. It's I'm a little distracted right now because I can hear my outside voice and the, my voice in my headphones. And it's causing me to delay myself a little bit. But, uh, yeah. So forgive me for that. I'll, I'll get over it here in a second. But, yeah, I remember being really young and realizing quickly that certain sounds gave me certain tingles and I, I Googled it. I was really young and it, uh, man, I'm, I'm very distracted right now. It feels very strange. I feel like a robot right now because I'm hearing two voices at once, even though it's the same voice. Uh, yeah. Uh, I Googled like Sounds that make my skin tingle. Sounds that give me goosebumps. And I saw this thing. It said auditory sensory meridian response, which means, which is ASMR. And it wasn't years later until I discovered there was a whole community on YouTube doing this. Man, if I got on the train early, I could be making some serious YouTube money by whispering in a microphone or eating on a microphone, or tapping on the microphone. Yeah, that would have been cool. I'm going to experiment something real quick. I have a fuzzy thing that goes on the microphone. I'm going to see if it changes anything. You're going to hear a little disruption. How's that? Whoa. 
I think that made a big difference. If it seems a little more filtered. I like that. Okay, we're going to keep it like this. I'm pretty sure there's a yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> I t- I told you the next podcast would be me drinking, but I figured let's let's try to get one more podcast before we start drinking and just so I can be ahead of the schedule. I I'm really concerned for myself about not finishing the 30-day challenge. So I'm trying to be as prepared as possible. I hate that I announced that publicly, but yeah, let's let's give it a shot. Um I really need to start preparing for these podcasts because I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of somebody who listens to this and I can I can see them being bored maybe. Maybe people driving their car, they don't want to listen to the news. They just want to hear someone bullshit in their apartment and I think I'm a perfect guy for that. Uh, we're still in the infancy of this, and who the fuck knows how long I'll be doing this because I've gone on, I don't know how many times I've gone on a long hiatus with this podcast. Imagine if I was consistent. I'll probably have like 10 listeners by now. No. I I think that's about what I have now. <laughs> it is very, very low. I remember when I first started, though, I was getting a couple hundred. That was impressive. But also, I had a Facebook at the time. I had Twitter. I was announcing it more. I was more active. And now it's kind of... I don't really have a way to get it out in the ether. So I'm thinking... I was considering getting Twitter again. I deleted it like a few weeks ago, but... Now that I'm doing a podcast, I maybe I just won't follow certain things. The problem with me and social media is I'm I'm the typical person who will get sucked in the wormhole of politics and just engage with people who who just want to argue. And I'm one of those people. I just really want to argue. And Facebook is a great place for that. So is Twitter. I deleted Facebook and then got Twitter again after that, after two years of not having it. And um, it was the same shit on Twitter. I was, I I got blocked by Dave Rubin. I'm sure some of you might know who he is. He's this political commentator on YouTube. He's been on Fox News a few times. I don't think he's been on CNN or MSNBC he he was this guy, he was on this YouTube channel that's po- pretty popular now than it was when he was on, but uh, it's called The Young Turks. He was pretty lefty at the time when he was on that show, and eventually left to make his own show, The Rubin Report, because he felt that The Young Turks were too left, I suppose. Even though once he got his new show, he considered himself a classical liberal, which like to him is a, a liberal, I don't know, from the 60s. I don't know what that means. Like an old school Republican. That's what a classical liberal is. 
But ba- he's he's basically conservative now. But he blocked me because I called him a grifter. I I I basically said he wasn't sincere and he's full of shit and he really only goes to the side of politics where people are less likely to criticize him. I feel like that's what it is. I call it the Rubin effect. And basically, let's say you're a liberal and and you and you want to express your ideas on social media and enough people engage with it to where you can be criticized by a lot or praised by a lot of people and let's say so for Ruben's case he considered himself liberal but it was far overtly liberal people who were criticizing him you know students at colleges things like that because that that's that's been more or less an issue lately of far left people being very vocal with their ideas and attacking anyone who's even just moderately liberal like let alone being conservative but to to consider yourself moderate is will set you up for an attack and i think for dave he began to only, it was only conservatives that were inviting him on their shows to talk because it seems lately conservatives are more open to bringing on people on the other side of the political aisle and discuss and disagree and things like that. But I think as he started getting more cheers from conservative people, and started noticing more criticism from liberal people, he unwittingly became more conservative, you know, because everyone hates to feel excluded, and they're going to go to the place where they feel welcomed. And it's a weird effect because your ideas begin to shift. They begin to morph into the group that welcomes you the most. And that's that's very interesting. Uh, I don't know what the bar number is on this thing. Uh, let me check it real quick. Actually, I think it it's going on its own now. That's interesting. Was, was that always the case? Huh. Okay. Cool. That's good to know. But yeah, the Rubin effect... I wonder if there's an actual term for that. It, that seems to be happening a lot lately. I feel like the same thing's happening to this guy named James Lindsay. I, let's not talk too much about it. I don't... Do you hear that? I need, like, a nice studio. Get away from all the outside noise. But... I, I left Twitter specifically because I was getting too political, so I don't want to talk too much about politics. It's been nice. It has been wonderful these last several weeks not even thinking about politics. I don't even, honestly, I barely found out that there was a threat of a government shutdown or something. It was like, oh, shit, there's, things are still going on. <laughs> but, uh... 
for now, it's I'm in a I'm in a place where I need to just not focus on politics. It's I'm not I'm not someone who's gonna actively try to change government. You know, like getting out and getting people to vote a certain way. I'm not one of those guys. So the the amount of attention I was giving politics was unnecessary. Like, if I'm not going to be someone who's actively trying to make change or anything, why am I putting so much attention on this thing that I have no control over? You know, why am I bitching at all these old people on Facebook? This is not healthy for any of us. It's a distraction. That's kind of what politics is to a lot of people. It's a, dis- it's a distraction. And for me, that's what it was because, you know, I would definitely use it as a way to procrastinate from what I actually should be doing, which is reading or coding or some kind of studying to improve my thinking. And But it's easy to rationalize paying attention to politics because, you know, generally we should be informed enough to know what's going on in the world and how to vote that is in line with what we actually think and not vote based off of like groupthink you know just to be just be informed enough to know why you're voting the way you are and stuff like that but also it can be used as a distraction politics a lot like sports is just, I mean, it is sports. <laughs> Politics is a lot like sports. It's just kind of a distraction. I mean, we're not on, we're like, I'm not on the Falcons team, but I can still be very passionate when a team I'm not on wins. You know, it's, it's strange. It's the same for Democrats and Republicans. It's a strange way of thinking. But, yeah, I, I'm taking a break from all of it. I was never even that informed when I was engaging in politics because I, I don't want to admit it, but I do succumb to a lot of groupthink, and it's not healthy. I've been reading a lot about groupthink, and it's, it's probably my favorite aspect of psychology, because the way people behave in groups is it can be very, very dangerous. Like things we would never do as individuals, we can easily do in groups. It is so much easier to rationalize our actions if everyone else is doing it. And we don't even realize we're rationalizing. We just kind of do it. You know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about how we all have a threshold. And he was talking about school shootings. But you can apply this to riots and what's another thing? Let's just use school shootings and riots. So he was talking about how back in the late 90s or before the 90s, School shootings were basically non-existent. They, maybe they happened once or twice, but I don't know. I wasn't alive during that time. But 
he was talking about how they just weren't a thing. And then Columbine happened, and then all of a sudden, it's becoming a, a increasingly common, common occurrence. You had Columbine, you had that Virginia Tech shooting, you had the... Uh, what's the other one with the... The one with the kids? The, the young kids, the... Kindergarten kids. I, I can't remember the town, but um, he was talking about the more school shootings happen, the more normal the person committing the shooting seems to be. It, it becomes kind of a contagious thing, school shootings. You know, they... You start hearing more about how well we we didn't really expect this from him. It's just kind of all of a sudden there was that Vegas shooting too. I mean, the guy had no history of any sort of indication he would shoot up sixty something people in a crowd. And but the same thing with riots, you know. Uh, so maybe for you you probably wouldn't throw bricks at a window if 10 people were doing it. But maybe you would do it if 50 people were doing it. And for me, maybe it only has to be 30. You know, we all have a threshold. How many people have to be flipping cars before you feel inclined to also flip cars? <laughs> it's a, It's an interesting way to think about it but that's that's weird with riots you know when uh george floyd was killed and the whole country freaked the hell out there were riots everywhere windows being smashed and everything you could possibly attribute that to lockdowns people were cooped up and needed to feel justified at getting out and get some fresh air, so let's go break some windows. You could attribute a little bit of that to the riots. And, uh... What, what was that? But, a weird thing about riots, you know, like, it, it starts off with a cause, with a purpose. People are justifiably angry about something. But as it prolongs it it's a weird process where it becomes detached from why people originally were rioting in the first place and outsiders come in and start making a ruckus not even involved in the cause the movement it's so weird how riots devolve into just just unnecessary violence it's interesting but that's what we saw a lot in George Floyd case. People were really angry and there were there were a lot of protests, like peaceful protests, but there also were, was a lot of smashing of buildings. Please stop messing with your car while I record. But yeah. It yeah, it started off like everyone knew pretty much like why this is happening. But it just kept going on. And then these new 
ways, new reasons were showing up, and yeah, it was, it's weird. It's just like how the detachment happens. It's a, it's a cool thing to watch. I mean, obviously it's bad. You don't want windows breaking and businesses destroyed and people, like individuals injured who had nothing to do with the killing of George Floyd, but got caught up in, got just in the crossfire, you know, and uh, I've seen some bad videos of, ugh, they're hard to watch sometimes. Oh my God. But yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm still getting political in a way. I'm I'm more talking about the psychology of it, not necessarily the politics of it. Just what I've seen, how the it goes from protests to riots to just just violence, nothing like not aimed at anything. It just that's just what it turns into. It's weird. Also, like it greenlights people who would never do anything as individuals to stir shit up. That's another reason it becomes detached because people who originally weren't a part of the movement now have a reason to just go out and break windows. And then it just grows and grows like that. And then we're all just like, oh, wait, what are we fighting for again? Oh, yeah. Then eventually energy runs out and it just stops. (laughs) That's that's a big reason movements. A lot of movements never make any change because people lose the energy to keep getting out in the streets and trying to make change happen. They just get bored, you know. I'm I'm that's not an insult towards any movement in particular, but that's a big reason change never occurs. You got to keep that spirit going. I'm I'm trying to give advice for people out in the streets. But yeah. Sometimes I feel like an idiot when I talk about things like this. Because I don't feel fully informed enough to do it. And uh but it's it's so easy to talk about things we're not completely informed of because there's a lot of energy attached to it. A lot of emotion. That's a big reason people pay attention to politics. Because you take someone like Trump and he'll just stir up his base with fear and anger. Give him a scapegoat, you know. Tell him Mexicans are coming for your jobs. And they're coming to rape your babies. Nah, I'm, okay, I shouldn't have said that. But, you know, you know the thing he said. About some Mexicans are coming over. And, uh, but, yeah, Trump's a demagogue. <laughs> I, I gotta stop, I gotta stop talking about politics. But, you know, Trump, his his character, you don't have to come at him from a political standpoint. You can just talk about him as a person. And, you know, there's people in my regular life who do shit like him. And it's so easy to, like, decipher the kind of person he is but a lot of people you know they 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 start to idolize people on camera 
and see them more as more than what they are, which is just a person. But we, they start to become. There's there begins to become a like a. What's the, that word like a kind of like a god. They sort of they fetishize him sort of like a god, where they ignore any negative traits of him and they emphasize on the positive one. Everyone does that. It's not just a Trump thing. Everyone does that. But Trump's, he's just a, an easy case to make. Because if you really listen to the words he says, there's no substance there. You know what? He's no longer going to be president. Why are we talking about him? Why am I talking about him? I'm sorry. I I don't want to be that guy. Ah, that was his whole thing, right? He We... We were talk. We're talking about him. That's all he ever wanted was for us to talk about him. That's what got him into the White House, because we cannot stop talking about him. Man. So yeah, he won. He did the thing. And he 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 did. He planned it in a certain way. You know, he was he's a genius when it comes to marketing. Oh man, my foot. But yeah, so we're done talking about him. We're exhausted of this dude. Even if you like him, he's he's gone. He's done for in the next couple of weeks. So let's just stop. Let's stop talking about this guy. Oh man. Uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it's very easy to talk about things we're not completely informed with because Yes, it, it fills us with energy. A lot of emotions stir up, and we feel like we need to say something. And that's me right now. I I am a complete idiot when it comes to politics. I'm, I'm your average Joe person that focuses on politics. I just, I basically get my news from one partisan guy, and then I articulate it in my own way, and then that's my opinion. That that tends to happen a lot. I've tried to be a little more nonpartisan. I I've gotten better at that for sure. You know, if I if I listen to MSNBC, I'll be sure to check out Fox News. Or if I listen to Ben Shapiro, I'll be sure to check out Kyle Kalinske, someone like that. But it's it's very hard to not think tribally about things. It because it's too convenient. It's it's too convenient to just label yourself as a Republican or a Democrat. And, and, you know, and then you have all these ideas come in a little bundle. It, that's so convenient. Like, oh, okay, I, am, I classify myself as Democrat. So, therefore, climate change is real. Everyone should be allowed to have an abortion. Um, we should... Let all immigrants come over to this country. You know, things like that. And then if you're a Republican, I don't believe in climate change. No one should have an abortion. Fuck all immigrants. Obviously, that's a little hyperbolic. But you know what I'm saying. It's too easy to just give yourself a label and then just attach all the ideas that come with that label. It's it's too easy. And the, the weird thing about it is the what the label represents often changes depending on the leader 
the current leader of that label, you know? So, like, if... So Trump was very anti-immigration. There was a time where he was emphasizing a lot about not letting Muslims into the country. And, uh... But if... Just, like, the next day, he decided that, okay, let's let all the Muslims come over. There would be a good chunk of Republicans and Trump supporters that would be like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Like, they would immediately change their mind overnight just because Trump changed his mind. Like, we just need a leader, and we'll pretty much believe in whatever the leader believes in. It's, it's very strange. Obviously, it wouldn't be all Republicans doing that. It wouldn't be that drastic, but for a lot of people, it would. And for other people, it would be more gradual. That'd probably be most people. But the label is very susceptible to change. Everyone in the South, a hundred years ago, were all Democrats. They they all consider themselves Democrats. Slave supporting Democrats. They probably weren't supporting slavery. A hundred years ago, but I'm sure a bigger portion of them at one point, because that's a that's a thing a lot of Republicans like to use today. Like, you know, it was the Democrats who originally founded the KKK, and it was Lincoln, a Republican, who freed the slaves. But that's a lazy argument because Democrats were all in the South at the time, and it was Southerners. It's Southerners today who are Republicans, uh, the majority of them, I'd say. So, like, they're they're still talking shit about their ancestors. <laughs> it was the Democrats who did it. Like, yeah, your your relatives. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, but yeah, it's it's too easy to think in terms of labels, Republican Democrat. And it's it's hard to think for yourself. That's something I've been working on f- for years. But I, I still have a ways to go. I still notice every now and then if I'm thinking like a team member. So, but I'm getting better at catching myself when I do do that. that so that's that's really, if you as long as you have that self awareness, you're on the right track. It'll be very incremental, the progress, but it's still progress. You know, if, you, if you're just 1% better each day, you're, over, you're almost 400% better a year from now. So I like to look at it that way. Just have self-awareness. Okay, this is good. I, I hate, I'm sorry that I talked a little too much about politics. I don't want to... It's, it's, not only is it, like, divisive, but it's, it can also just be boring. Politics are very boring. Unless you're, like, a very loyal team member. But, whatever. Okay, we're good here. Good night, people. And I will still record the drunk cast tonight. But it won't come out, I guess, in a few days. Cool. Have a good one, guys. Later.